Hey Geekscapists, welcome to episode 114 of Geekscape. This is your weekly movies, video games, and comic book podcast where we give you uh, pretty much the reviews and news from that former week with a very qualified co-host. You guys recognize this guy from Geekscape episode 1 and uh, if he wasn't so busy, he would be here every week with us because he really is the guy who I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do a podcast, I want somebody to be articulate, informed, and uh, charismatic and that's Ian Kerner right here. Who's been a buddy of mine for a couple years, right? And we met yeah. when I was walking wow. past your uh, past your office, and you had a, a Spidey Two poster on the wall. That was a great poster, yeah. And we just started talking. And you were like, "Where do you get your books?" And I told you, and you were like, "No, no, 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 my friend, no, 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 thirty percent off." I'll, I'll, you were like my you were like my drug dealer. Yep. For that, you were my pusher. Yeah. Cool store. You see creators in there. And so I walked in the store. I saw like. Uh, who did I see? I, I saw like Jeff Loeb Jeff that Lowe, first week. Jeff Johns. I saw. Jeff, I didn't see Jeff Johns. I saw the guy who did. Um, he used to work on. Uh, uh, worked with McGee. He did uh, Young Avengers. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, what's his face from VOC? Um, Heinberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan Heinberg. Alan, yeah. Um, and and I was like, wow, like all these creators from Studio City uh, up in the Valley come to Cat. To get his comics You guys remember an episode Very early on That we did an, uh, From Cat's Comics Maybe we should go back up there And do an episode What do you think Gilmore? Last time we did that Was with uh, Becky Actrez It was episode like Three Three or something So um, We do want to bring you guys To different locations As you guys saw earlier this week Gilmore took you on the set Of The Deadliest Warrior What? what uh, that's for Spike TV uh-huh. um, So you guys saw that earlier this week In a little mini escape pod That we sent you The Geek Escape Pod And um, now uh, we're back on the regular show If we couldn't keep it weekly It's really hard for us to go all over the map But um, we, we, I want to do that more You know. So we've been invited to a couple different locations To do the show, Gilmore but uh, you I'm going to keep no that to quiet this last one. Okay. No, I, didn't say, I didn't say no I said let, let's, uh, let's keep it Let's keep. Let's make sure the time is right to unveil things for the Geekscape audience, okay. because we are working on some stuff behind the scenes. We have a new website uh, starting up. Um, we have some designs that came in this week, so there's stuff that we're working on right now. I just want the the site to be working. You know, yeah. this last week, you guys, you know, to show you guys some behind the scenes, um, the site stopped working like midweek when I put the episode up, and it's because our host company keeps shifting stuff, and there's just too damn many of you guys. Um, we keep having to change settings to, to deal with stuff. Um, but with the new site, hopefully we'll have a different way to take care of the databasing and sh- I don't know, the technical stuff, that's not why I got it. <laughs> I didn't get into this for the technical stuff, but, but it's forced upon me. So, uh, I just, I, capacitor I, all, that, jumbo. all that shit with them <laughs> TI-83 calculating. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk movies, video games, and comics. Um, but we're making it possible, and I think this new site will be a lot uh, more exciting um, of an experience. So, two plus years in the making. Yeah, uh, maybe you just do a little blog about that and not waste time on the show. With it. Look at look at this guy right hey. here. Efficient, articulate, charismatic. I like this guy quite a bit. Are you trying to get him laid? Um, no, he does that pretty well on his own. He does. He, he is talking not, about he, my masturbating. He's he not one of us. <laughs> he is not one of us here. Uh, but. Um, no, he is, and that's inspiring. He, we we all strive to be this man. One of us. One of us. Google gobble. <laughs> when Gilmore, when you one day find that island that you came from <laughs> with your people, that's that's how they're gonna greet you from the shore. As Google gobble. Yeah. Google 
Ah, come back to us. They're going to be eating at coconuts and like, <laughs> like strange alien fruit. He's returned. He's returned. The prodigal son. <laughs> um, so speaking of foreign alien monstrosities and that, uh, I went to see this new DreamWorks uh, cartoon, uh, Monsters vs. Aliens. It's got like Reese Witherspoon's voice in it, Seth Rogen, Kiefer Sutherland, a bunch of uh, different stars. And you were excited to see this? I haven't seen it yet. I know you haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I really want to see it. Somebody... It looks great. Um, I was really looking forward to it because uh, not only am I a fan of a couple of their voices, uh, the designs look great, and Kung Fu Panda was amazing, which you should really see Kung Fu Panda. That I should see it. Especially Fortunately, I have it on Blu-ray at home. Oh, you do? Yeah. Uh, that's that's definitely a good movie to watch on Blu-ray because, like, I really think the Shrek movies I was I was so and so on, but this one I really felt like technically. It went to a much higher level, and uh, and the jokes in the story were really tight. Um, I don't know what DreamWorks is releasing this summer. I'm really looking forward to Up as far as animated movies go this summer. But whenever there's an animated movie that comes out like March, April, it it, it never seems to be able to hold a candle to the stuff you get over the summer. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like yeah. like um, Shark's Tale, stuff like that. Uh, robots, those those early pre-summer. Animated movies seem mm -hmm. to be stuff that gets you prepped for summer, but never fulfills yeah, I mean, the promises I, I, of those and, and I tend to think that they're releasing at that time because they know it's not as big of a... Monsters vs. Aliens, I was hoping, would, would break that. Um, and the 3D is really impressive in this movie. Uh, it's a story about... Um, a girl, voiced by Reese Witherspoon, and on the uh, on the right on, on her wedding day, she's hit by this meteorite that's been sent from an exploding planet, and what it does is it, it, it makes her grow to an enormous size, like a like the fifty foot woman from right. uh, like the nineteen fifties nineteen sixties era. Of, the 50 foot woman. Yeah, right. yeah, and so so the government grabs her. But she's forty nine feet tall. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> the, the government grabs her. They put they, they put her in this secret Area fifty two style containment place. And she meets some other monsters, and they they kind of have a '50s thing going on. There's like a, a creature from Black Lagoon style. There's the Blob. There's uh, the Fly, but he's really a cockroach, and he's super smart. And then there's a giant uh, Godzilla type creature, which is a uh, radioactive uh, grown uh, grub, which is was my favorite character in the movie. And the problem is with this planet that exploded. The thing that exploded, at the alien that exploded, is now coming to Earth looking for that piece of meteorite that. Took our lady and made her strong. So that's the setup, right? The aliens are coming. The monsters have to defend the earth. And um, I, what I really wanted from this movie, because it didn't work for me, was that uh, that really strong sense of uh, of style that comes from someone like a Brad Bird, or, um, or 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 some of these creators who just say, okay, it's definitely going to be set in the '50s, or it's definitely going to be set in the modern day. These jokes are too easy for us. These jokes are kind of what were you know the, the, this kind of style. There wasn't that. So it's confused about it, when it is, or it's a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I feel like it gets pretty watered down in not having a distinct voice. Okay. You know what I mean? Some of the jokes you're just like, wow, that's too easy. Like that's not even funny. That's like a fifth grade. You know, I can see why a five year old would laugh at that. But so Gilmore like it. Well, yeah, I mean, like the Pixar mo movies, they do a good job of uh, of making jokes that everyone will laugh at. You know what I mean? Funny. And they're situationally uh, like like pretty clever. You know what I mean? And this was. It's just too easy. It's some just really of the jokes. easy jokes like Shrek Two or Three, where it's just a bunch of like Starbucks yeah, I on the street I, and stuff. I, I do not like the, the the Shrek movies too much because I feel like they're the animated equivalent of like a scary movie, 
sometimes you know what I mean like like they go for the, the they go for the, the easy, easy bunts yeah. you know what I mean instead of really putting the work in story wise design wise to knock yeah. them out of the park yeah um, that's what I, I feel like got out of this movie and the robot fight that you guys see in the trailer is like the big first action set piece and there's only one other set piece in the movie that's like the big action thing so it's a, the movie's a little dull uh, to me I felt like it hit the second act slumps maybe they ran out of money for special effects yeah maybe they saved it for their summer blockbuster but but it's it's a shame uh, because you, you the talent is really good I know I get you I get you I get you but that's development money you know what I mean like another draft or two of this script you know maybe you get those beats fleshed out that bring it to another level but you know what you set your tent pole you make your tent pole that's how Hollywood works so an adult won't like it but what if you're taking your kids um I've been reading on the Geekscape boards that Satori likes it, so I think kids will like it. I think that works. Satori, though, is, is not a kid. Uh, but he, he, I read that he enjoyed it, and I was like, well, maybe he enjoyed it because his kid enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Out of the love he that shares happens. for his kid. You know, that happens. You can forgive stuff, you know? Um, uh, you know, when I saw Star Wars uh, Episode 3, there was a retarded kid laughing in the theater. So I was like, you know what? This movie's not that bad. If it can bring joy to this kid's Well, come on. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> These movies are horrible. Um, no, Satori enjoyed it. He's one of our geekscapists. So I got to say, uh, I didn't enjoy it, but whatever. The, the, <laughs> the grub is fucking hilarious because he doesn't say a damn word. And he's just a giant monster. So it's cute. Mm. It's cute, but okay. definitely okay. a rental. Definitely a rental. All right. I'll wait. So, Ian, uh, speaking of stuff that goes to DVD rentals and things like that, uh, we got that Watchmen DVD, the tales, of the the Black Freighter and Hollis Mason's Under the Hood. Um, it's got a documentary that's supposed to be Hollis Mason's Under the Hood, and it's got this cartoon voiced by Gerard Butler. That's the uh, Black Freighter. We recently saw it. What do you think, Ian? Having seen it, it's supposed to make up for the stuff that you uh, lose from the book. I thought the Black Friday stuff was done really well. I mean, it's odd to watch it this way because it's not really what the comic is until it's cut into the movie. Right. And, and I know the both of us were just yeah. sitting there going, like, all right, how are they going to do this? How is this going to work? Is it going to break up the narrative? Because the integration which, is, the, is the key. And, and the integration is part of what, for so long, people felt that Watchmen was unfilmable because of that. Like. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure when it comes out, we'll watch it, we'll sit there, and and we'll enjoy it in its way, but I'm pretty sure we're going to feel like it's missing something. I really enjoyed th that part of it. Mm -hmm. But in the same way, Under the Hood, I was sitting there thinking to myself, okay, it's great that they have all this stuff, and yet it's boring. Yeah, it's two people sitting down. Yeah. Of, it's like a remake of yeah. a 1970s uh News interview show right. Like a 60 minutes As a fan I think it's so cool I'm so glad I watched it Because the information's there Yeah all the stuff about and You get so much of the Minuteman background That's in the comics Much of it exactly that way In the indices You know Behind mm -hmm. the issues That you know So it have it this way It makes actually Perfect sense mm -hmm. In terms of the source material And all that um, But it's Slow right. reading But although honestly Reading those indices is, it, Those portions are a little slow You know But you get information mm -hmm. And they're really good so you you, know. you would Zack Snyder said he's definitely going to cut Black Freighter into the into the Watchmen. I, I for can't like wait his to see cut, it. Right? Yeah, I just I just hope the cut is you know you have both versions and every version you know on there. But would you be cool with the 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 sit down stuff from Under the Hood being put into the Watchmen movie? Because it feels like for I don't me, think it, it would be throwing there. the brakes on. Yeah, I don't think it, I don't think so. I, I I think it's great to have as an extra that you, you watch afterward. Um, 
I mean, it'd be kind of interesting. Can you intercut that stuff here and there? I guess you could, but I think it would really disrupt the narrative of the mm -hmm. film. He shot it so that he's going to, though. But the Under the, the, the Hood, hood stuff? stuff as well? You Ooh, think? I don't know about the Under the Hood stuff. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. If just, you the Black the yeah, Black yeah, just the Black Raider. The Black Raider stuff looks right, no, good. We, we were saying that the Black Raider stuff we know, and Jonathan was speculating whether or not the Under What the were you hood thinking about just now, Gilmore? Gilmore, let, let's bring yeah. the audience through what you do. What were you thinking of just now when you weren't listening to the... Um, I was thinking about what I'm going to have for dinner. And uh, then, I was th <laughs> then I was thinking, I'm like, I, I want to cook. I want to learn how to cook Don Burry. And uh, then, I then I was thinking about how my ass is kind of sweaty because I'm right by this light and it's higher than it usually is. Um, <laughs> Laura's cracking up over that's, there. That's really about it. All right, okay. And then randomly just felt like commenting, even though you weren't listening to what we were saying. I came back into the world, and I'm but, like, maybe I can swim. Right. He came back and was like, I'm, no, I'm going to add to this conversation. <laughs> How is the job It's like a going? customer what? going into the kitchen. It's like, what if you had some base? By, by, um, how's the job search going? Because i got to imagine that you're... That, because from you, you, it sounds like every job that you interview for, you're like, oh, I definitely nailed it. And then they don't call you. I, I gotta imagine I, I that heard, in the middle of these job interviews, you're like, my butt is sweating. <laughs> you're like thinking. Right. No, I, I heard that you might get a job at Boom Studios. <laughs> no, I, I told them that you went over to the Boom Studios guys, thinking maybe they might be able to help you with your job search. Oh yeah, they're actually there. It's, well, it's, it's the Farscape comic. I had, oh yeah, the I had Farscape had comic. Yeah, no, those guys. Those guys are fantastic. I met with uh, I met I met with the heads of that, and they're really great guys. We had a really good sit down, and they're just gonna see what they can. But do they don't have a job. The, uh, they don't have a job there. Oh, uh, okay. I was just hooked up because they're like, yeah, let's see what we can do for this kid, and they're like, yeah, sure. But if we have anything, we'll go up. You or know, hear of anything. Well, yeah, if we hear of anything, we'll definitely send you around but uh, for now I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting because right now I, I keep getting callbacks where it's like all right uh, we're gonna make a decision but it's gonna be in 60 days it's wow. like, are you kidding me 60 it's days like, will be on the ridiculous. street exactly so it's because there's so many people interviewing for yeah. all of these things the, the waiting periods are ridiculous I have advice for you less teeth <laughs> it was a full fellatio Reference. Oh, I get it. It's cool. It's cool. He's probably. I, th I thought I smiled but the, enti a lot. the entire time you were talking know. to him, he's probably like, he, he just sees Ian's face go, Your ass is sweating tonight. You want to make rigatoni. <laughs> like, he's just, he's hearing his own thoughts, people. Um, anyway, so, Tales of the Black Freighter Under the Hood. <laughs> it was impressive. Uh, Very impressive. I suggest you guys, if you guys are fans of the movie, pick it up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, certainly if you're fans of the book. Right. You know, to, and have seen the movie, it, it does definitely add to the experience of having had this thing adapted. So we'll see. I mean, still, I want that badass four-hour cut. Yes, can't wait. That's what we want That's as Watchmen fans. And you people who disagreed with me, uh, I, I went to a um, a birthday for my producer, and one of the other uh, directors in our production company came over to me and goes, uh, "Jonathan, I started reading Geekscape. You really thought Watchmen was a better experience on the screen than it was in the book?" And I was like. I, for what I'm looking for, yes, it was. More concise. It, but we covered that, you know? Yeah, it's just different. Speaking of experiences, we got to talk about the BSG finale, which, you know, we know it's a week and a half old now. People have talked about it. We've gotten their thoughts. We haven't gotten this man's thoughts, the guy who got me into BSG. You and I have not and, talked uh, about it. We haven't talked about it too much. This so, you know, we, we avoid talking to each other right. when I know that, you know, we're going to be covered on the show. show yeah, yeah so, so we always avoid So, that. this two hour finale. Uh, it's got some of the action that we really missed yeah. from Battlestar Galactica. Yes. And uh, just tell us, did it did it do everything it needed to do? Didn't do everything it needed to do. Okay. It did not. Um, you know, I have to say that I, I had my own reaction to it, and 
I've been very surprised by just how many people I know that have handled the show really loved it. And wow. I, I thought the production value is great and it's, it does a lot of stuff, but, um, you know, for years I've said, you know, how much I love the show. I, I was really worried about where it would end. I was worried that the ending would betray the original concept so much that it would almost be hard to go back and look at. And it didn't quite do that, but, you know, I heard way too many fucking times it will be revealed. <laughs> You know, I mean, what, in 20 episodes, 20 hours of television, you know, of season four, 18 of them said all will be revealed? Fucking bullshit. I mean, my biggest my he's biggest angry. problem here, well, yeah, Kareth yeah. oh, Race. Kareth Race? What the fuck? You thought that was a pretty big cop-out when she just it's disappears? It's a total, well, disappearing is fine, but what the fuck was she? Because she, she's, cause she's not she, an she angel. She can physically interact, right, Gilmore? Yeah, exactly. Right, she's Gilmore, physically like, interacting. Like, the Viper. What the fuck was the Viper? Oh, it just wanted that. It, she, it was part of God's, God's plan, plan, but yeah. it doesn't like to be called God. You know, I mean, and, and you know, while we're on the subject, the angels themselves. I'm sorry, you go back to season one, and you see the six in Balter's head having sex with him, threatening his life, making him walk into things, just totally fucking with him. Oh, that was an angel? Right. Really? That was Caprica Six. That was the Six. Now, is this stuff that, that, that the writing, the writers have talked about, or is this just people's interpretation? What do you mean? Like, like is this stuff that Ron Moore has said? Oh, this is, you know, this is actually what it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you're saying that they're angels. You would think that somebody who had that much writing experience would learn that one of the first things you learn as a screenwriter is that the Deus Ex Machina is a is a pretty big cheat to the cheat. audience. You but, know, but having see, having. Like, I, Having just a, uh, the God come and, and fix everything is... Right. No, no. it's literally Deus Ex Machina means God out of the machine. Right. goes back to, you know, plays and you'd actually, in, in the ancient Greek, you'd actually it's have one of the first someone on a harness. So that's do. why it was a machine. When you're doing dramatic writing, it's right. like, don't, right. don't cheat your audience. But, you know but, what I mean? You know, I do, I do want to say that because you'll see me getting so passionate yeah, about this. Are. I'm angry, but... It's been a while. I actually still... I love the show and I still... I did enjoy the finale in many ways. Yeah. But I felt really cheated by that. You know, I felt, all right, my big concern was they were going to do something a little bit too polarizing, you know, and, and that was the thing. To say all will be revealed, you know, I had a lot of people say, well, it's fine, you know, it's okay, leave some things to interpretation. I was like, and again, fine, just stop promising me all will be revealed. You know, it just shouldn't have been done that way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fine, leave it to interpretation. I kind of like the idea that they said it's a higher power, even a little throwaway. I know people said, oh, what was that if thing? I said, no, that's great. Because it's it's non-denominational. Because if you came out with something that said, "This is what it is. This is our version of religion. That's what it is." It doesn't resonate with everybody. Right. I thought it was brilliant of the writers to realize that. Again, all will be revealed. Not fucking true. <laughs> but it was my fear going into the finale that they were going to be a little bit too polarized. Too, this is just the way the universe works. You know, was it heavy-handed the whole thing, bringing it around to civilization today and all that? Sure it was. But again, it resonates with, you know, this idea that the show was reflective of humanity and our lives and all that. So, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. You know, Adama goes off, you know, into the wild blue yonder with Rosalind. Oh, we'll never see him again. You know what? Maybe stop on him flying. Not, he stops. You know, he buries her. He sits on a fucking hill. And then what? Right. I mean, I don't know. What the fuck is that? Chief went and started Ireland. Yeah, well, <laughs> there could be only one. Right. You know, he's a fucking Highlander, right? <laughs> that would you be know? nice. At least you didn't know that the, the story Highlands. is going, going up to the Highlands. For, for me, the highlight uh, of the episode, which I, I pretty much <laughs> am in agreement with you on everything, the highlight for me in the in the episode was uh, Chief and Tori. 
Like, I, I know a lot of people that felt that way. In, but, in because at least there was some finality to the characters Yeah, but there. you know what? Like, you know, at least you know, something but, started actually being answered. You know what bothered me about that? It was like, so the whole Final Five? Like, who gives a fucking yeah, shit? Like, they shit. didn't even matter. They didn't do anything. All it was was, oh, look, there they were, the five bodies in Celestial Temple. And in that moment with the vision, oh, there's those five guys standing there for no fucking reason. And do you think that, uh, the, 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 that what's-his-name uh, would have shot himself? I, no, I, I thought Cavill bowling Why didn't he just blow his brains out? Yeah. What for? Oh no, this isn't going my way. I'm just gonna blow my fucking brains out. A lot of I, people thought that was really funny, actually. Well, it was yeah, funny because well, it, was, it, was it was pretty it was, out of it was, it, No, it was dramatic, but I was like, I, I didn't really have that, that sense of finality. But we supposed to feel that all Cavill's followers were on the colony at that moment because right. I didn't feel that that was really. And and, and um, racetrack who actually you know got hit and sends the nukes into the colony. Such a red shirt character. I mean, we knew yeah. her, but like having something like that dramatic happen, well, all from, that from is an integral still... character would have been much better. But dude, the second that guy goes, remember that time? You know he's dead, right? And nothing well, huge. And, happens and this to is part any of the, the problem. Other characters no, part of the problem is you could argue that well, God steered it that way, but it's not really clear. It seems like the whole purpose of Carith Race coming back as part of God's plan was to to kind of make this about you know it's. God or whatever you want to call the higher being is manipulating events but still wants humanity to make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. Except not some of the time. It's just kind of inconsistent like that. Is it, you know, we'll, we'll probably get to Lost to talk about it a bit, but we get into this whole notion of are things preordained? Is this set out by a higher yeah. being or not? And it really is kind of a mishmash of that. You don't want that in your sci-fi. You want well, clear... I, I, you don't can mind, have it. I don't mind if there's religion in my sci-fi. I'm a big Dune fan. You know, I mean, it's fine. You know, look, let's go back to Star Wars. You know, I mean, the Force. The Force, right? It's that's fine, but just make a decision about which way you're going. I mean, the argument is that in season one, this whole aspect of religion or a higher being is totally there in Battlestar Galactica. You have that moment with Balter knowing where to shoot. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, all that stuff. It's been there, so it follows somewhat. But I think I would have preferred those avatars being a little more directly related to the Cylons and their belief. I gotta say, I'm very curious to see the plan. Really? I'm, I, I really am. Because I think it, it feels like it's gonna be more of what I'm looking for. B-roll. I'm kidding. No, no, I don't think that at all. I don't think that um, at all. Um, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm really curious to see Caprica. I'm really excited for Caprica. The more people I talk to, the more people agree with me that uh, after, after they left New Caprica at the beginning of season three, like things just kind of started going in a, in, a, in a bunch of different directions that never really materialized and it looks like you're agreeing that there yeah. was no answer to it, so many of those pieces uh, do you think just from well, pretty a, much from there they just went yeah. from this whole Final Five thing they just got wrapped up in it and that became the spirituality and then I think they wrote themselves into the corner where they just had to make it all about that right. but you know for a lot of people it's satisfying because you know I mean I, I had read her a pre-review of it that said you know if you liked season three and four that you'd like this and I get why with those aspects you know it's it was an ending. Mm -hmm. You know, it definitely did definitively end it. So that's it's okay. Oh, that's another thing, well, by the way. The well, yeah. whole 38,000 people decided to say, fuck technology. And now let's spread across the planet so we could definitely die out. Yeah. Because that's the thing. They die out. If Hera is the, the one common ancestor to modern-day humanity, then the rest of the, of the colonists, they die. They all die. Their ancestors didn't make it. You're assuming that science in the next five years won't find the Gilmore Island. In the South Pacific, where no, where, where Gilmore hopeful. has, <laughs> I'm hopeful. What is the greeting? Google gobble. Google gobble. See what he, uh, he was making a freaks reference, and that's uh, what they say in freaks. Uh, well, the um 
Gobble gobble, hey, uh, gobble gobble, we accept you that thing. Yeah, um, Google gobble. The, um, do you think that, having talked to a couple people like myself who think that after that, that they left New Caprica, do you think that Hollywood wise, the Bionic Woman derailed the creative process of Battlestar Galactic or was such a distraction to the, to the, production of Battlestar Galactica, the creative process, well, I quite, that, that, that it never recovered from that well, juncture. I mean, it's, that, hard, it's hard to say, but, you know, think? I mean, David Icke obviously, obviously went over to Bionic Woman. Right. Ronald, Ronald Moore did not. Right. Um, oh, Do you think he helped keep things consistent? Well, 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 the, the series, uh, it, Battlestar Galactica was unstoppable up until that yeah, point. Should we even talk about the little meta thing of Ronald Moore inserting himself in there and implying, no, that, 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 implying that his whole vision for the show came from him reading this little oh, article? Silly. You know, right? No, that was just silly. That was like the 300 in Watchmen. You're just like, eh, do you have to do that? You know? Talk to your... If you're insecure, talk to your counselor. Talk to your psychiatrist. Like, don't don't put yourself in the damn TV show. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, there, it there, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely an, an, an argument for that. I mean, I, it would be difficult to say whether or not that's the case, but it, it might be. Of course, without knowing be. it. I still, you know, I still really enjoyed the show. I still recommend the show. Mm-hmm. I get to the end of it. And I don't say, "Wow, this is really not going to pay off for you," because um, it pays off for so many people. And in many ways, I did enjoy it, even so. But those are my complaints. Honestly, my complaint is more about how they advertise the shit out of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, they promised me more than what it was. Um, maybe it's a little bit unfair. So speak, that speaking of creators but. going and coming back, uh, you're the guy who's still watching Heroes. I, like, I, like, I, I'm the guy. I, know I fell a off of Heroes. I, like like yeah. I saw the opening night of season three, right? And that was it for yeah. me. I'm like, still I'm still watching Heroes, and, and and the thing is, I'm a very big Brian Fuller fan. Mm-hmm. I think Brian's a genius. Um, you know, he wrote first season Heroes. He was a big part of the creative team there. Uh, went off and did Pushing Daisies, which I was a big fan of. Uh, he did Wonderfalls before that. Did Dead Like Me before that. Uh, was a Star Trek writer before that, and uh, I've had the uh, I have the pleasure um, and honor of actually knowing Brian, and I've sat down with him. I've had lunch with him, and um, great guy, brilliant guy. So was very excited to hear that he was going back to Heroes. And this last week's episode was the first episode that he was back for. Right. And uh, and it was really good. I mean, you know, he's still stuck cleaning up a bunch of stuff. Right. Bring us up to date. Like, well, he I don't know what g- happened in season three or four because I just oh, didn't watch. Well, well it, it was it really dragged out in the villains um, mm-hmm. storyline. And then Fugitive seemed like it was going to be interesting when it started off. Then it started to drag again. Then the, the last episode actually before Brian's was actually decent. Because they did the whole thing about Nathan was now, you know, had gone to the government and sold them out, and they were rounding them all up. But then it just kind of got lost, you know, for a bit. Um, and then it ended up that, you know, Nathan's now been discovered, and, you know, so they're on the run. And uh, Brian actually started, he's killing people. Good. Um, he, he killed the speedster. All right. And, that was, uh, the, that was the one part of... The girl? The one that, yeah. yeah. yeah kill, killed the girl. And uh, and what was really interesting? How'd she, how do you do it? Just somebody just stick some like a pole out? And well, no, she she had, she had been shot like okay. so many episodes ago, and she finally died off. Oh, um, it's lingering, but it's no. Lingering. But it was actually an interesting scene with her and Matt in, in her head. Um, gave heroes powers back because heroes been missing his powers okay. for the whole fucking season. Okay, um, that was cool. But made him less powerful, so he's freezing time, but he's not jumping in time and space, so there's no one under time travel. Okay. Um, and what was really cool, um, you know, they what have. What Peter? Does he still have time travel abilities? No. Or no, no. no Peter, I, I don't, don't know what anything's happening. He only has one power at a time right now. He's still, he only has flight. Okay. And uh, Tracy, who um, was, you know, formerly Nick Gated to the whole. Uh, okay. Have you seen any of that? Allie Lutter. Right, right, right. So Allie Lutter. She's now, you know, it was, it was like 
a bunch of different clone, twin, whatever. Oh, so, geez, that's getting and, out of here. Well, anyway, she's basically Ice Woman. Okay. And in this one, she just froze a whole bunch of people, and she's completely iced up, and then got shot, and like breaks down, and falls apart at the end. But it's not clear if she's dead or not, final? because, well, here's the thing. Her broken face is laying there, and it looks like it's a tear going down, and the eye blinks. Which for me, wait a second, that's full on like Bobby Drake Iceman at, yeah. at the ultimate, you know, oh, if he's really realizing his powers, he can reform himself. So even if her death isn't, isn't permanent, and I don't think that it is, because right. uh, from what it's I heard, comics. a lot is coming back. Yeah, but that, that, yeah, that's really, that's like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. That's like that moment in, in X-Men 3, as bad as the movie was, Iceman iced up and it was cool. It's the same fucking thing. And you so, know, like that's what you want to see. So, so you're recommending people maybe hop back on the hero. Yeah, train. yeah, yeah. Brian Fuller. I have faith in Brian. Okay. Okay. And Lost. I love Lost. I know. I, do. I know you I do, love buddy. Lost. I do. And you didn't like this, this episode that <laughs> much? Uh, the, no, no, no. Uh, I'd heard. Of, I, I watched the episode yesterday. So I spent a weekend of a bunch of people talking about how great the episode was. Uh, I liked it. It was very Saeed centric, and um, you get your first test of. Is Daniel Faraday correct when he says you can't affect the past? That's right. Well, we're, we're the about to see. Is Saeed shooting the young Ben that yeah. Brian K. Vaughn introduced? I, I mean, you figure that that was going to come. That you know, the whole notion of it—it's the old "Would you kill Hitler or not?" And and I actually I love the message of the episode. It's like you know, it's Saeed realizing who he is. He's a killer. That's what he does. And him saying, "That's what I'm here for." And he just kills a fucking kid who just <laughs> broke him out of fucking prison, saved his life, and he fucking shoots the kid. Well, um, it was awesome. In, in, in you were telling us before the show, you're not sure. That I don't think him. he's dead. Okay. I, I, th I think, you know, if Daniel Faraday is right, I think the island saves him. I don't see how it's any different than when Ben shot uh, Locke, you know? Right. So, that's, and I think what, again, just, you know, speculation, yeah, yeah. I think that um, what's probably going to happen is this is going to be the moment in Ben's life that turns him into a right. fucking evil... It's a closed loop. Evil, yeah. yeah. It's a yeah, closed loop. So it's yeah. a closed loop. So Saeed shooting Ben actually makes him the thing that Saeed wanted to kill. Exactly. That's what I think. I think he was a decent kid who was abused by his father, you know, and still Uncle Rico. good people. Yeah. Uncle Rico. Yeah, John Grease. Um, uh, hey, Friday. Night. Come on. Yeah, so, uh, no, I, I liked it. It's just, uh, it was such a character-centric episode that mm -hmm. I really want some more. I want to get back into the action. You We're going to get there. You know, know. do you read um, Doc Jensen on, a, on Entertainment Weekly, EW.com? Uh-uh. Oh, he does these very detailed analyses of Lost, and uh, he's pointed out that Lost has actually become, it, it's like Watchmen level of, like, season five is shadowing, you know, mirroring, excuse me, season two, mm -hmm. I mean, down like, you know. No, that's crazy. Two away from, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like, Crazy, just how involved the mirroring is going. Did on. you see so the, Did you see the 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 little skirmish about messing up the age of? Uh, yes, Rebecca Mater. Re Rebecca Mater, you yes. emailed that to me. Yeah, Rebecca yeah. Mater, who played um, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah, they yeah. caught it on the, the blog. She was supposed, you know, in that episode where uh, Daniel Faraday sees her as a kid. Right. Th that's 1974, and they established her age earlier. Yeah. Supposed to be born in 1979. Right. So, yeah, yeah, right. and but, but they apologize for the goof. Well, well, well like... the, the, it's more than the goof. They implied that uh, the actress had just said the age the wrong way because she didn't want to seem like she was that old, and she called bullshit. She's like, <laughs> she's like, what do you mean? That's not what happened. They told me exactly the age to say. I didn't change anything, and they copped to it. So it was a problem. It yeah. was an error. And yeah. Cool. Yeah, in the DVD, error. maybe they'll have a little different little voiceover. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, hope so. The you can change stuff. Uh, <laughs> Gilmore and I went to see the room. I, I, LA people. I, I wish love I'd it. known you were going because I mean, Zach and Dad to told it. us about it on the Geekscape episode. Yeah, I've heard it's it for amazing. A while. Um, incredible. We, we gotta, what if we got Tommy on the show? 
I don't I don't know how I could talk to that guy. Probably could, but it would just be. I, I hear he's scary, man. Having like one sentence, one sentence at a time. That's how the audience was asking things during the Q and A, like, "Would you rather not have legs or not have arms?" Or who could you not who could you not defeat in an arm wrestling competition? Or and he was taking them all in stride, like they were serious questions. People were just clowning him. Well, it's because he's there every month um, too. So the room is a local LA thing that you guys have to be a part of. Last Saturday of every month. And we'll go see it this next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this next that. month. Um, comic books. We got Ian on the couch, so why not ask him about comic books? New Avengers. Ian called me and said, holy shit, we got to talk about New Avengers. Have you not talked about New... Uh, uh, did you Have you read it yet? I immediately go to read it. And I'm reading the episode. It, it, see, the um, series is cool. Yeah. The New Avengers, I'm like, not bad, not bad. And uh, it gets to a point in the book where uh, after the Scroll Invasion, everybody's a little bit... You know, careful about other people's identities, and everybody turns to Spider-Man in the room, which you guys know from Brand New Day. Memory wipe. He never revealed his identity. Nobody knows who he is. And in well, this wait, page, well, actually, everybody turns to him and says, "Who the hell are you?" Right. And Wolverine's like, "Well, I can smell him. It's him. He's not a scroll. I can smell him." And, and they're like, "Well, you couldn't smell a scroll. So who is this guy?" And, and Spidey goes on this rant that says, "Listen, I've got people in my life. I need to protect." You know, Captain America says blah 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 blah. blah, 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 blah. Right. But you know Bendis. Right. Yeah, it's well, no, it's more than that. <laughs> Bendis. Me, I'm no, it's not the Bendis. Blah blah blah. It's right. the whole brand new day. Why right, they right, did right. brand new day crap. And right. so I mean, come on, you, you know how I feel about this. Yeah. So he does. He does a whole exposition why he really shouldn't, huge. and then he goes, "Ah, fuck it," and he takes the mask off and reveals himself. Peter Parker reveals himself to the New Avengers. And I'm sitting there going, "Yes, Bendis just said fuck you to brand new day." Yeah, he did. I was so happy. Um. You, the audience knows that. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's pumped. This is I why was like, yes, you guys have fuck to remember him in November. He'll be back, but you guys have to remember him when you guys are voting best co-host. Well, that is really awesome. Though, yeah. Yeah. It was Ben. Well, well, but you know what was really interesting I, and that's about not it? How I saw it, but now thinking about it, because well, I, I know that's what he was doing. I, I, got, I got you know. So you of course sent me a little email going, "What was Peter thinking?" Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay, you're implying to me because we didn't talk about it. Of course, we always wait for the show. That you didn't like it, and I was like, really? And I'm thinking, does Jonathan not know where I'm going to go with this? Yeah, I, I never related it as Brian Michael Bendis's commentary on his own editorial, uh, like like department. Because I mean, this stuff. This the is saying read it like, like it doesn't work in, in, in this day and age for Spider-Man to be on this team the way they're working and for them not to know who he is doesn't work. And my feeling was, it's taken this long for them to wear them down and go, come on. You know, so he's avoided and avoided, and now here we are. It doesn't work. They have to know who he is. And what's even better, more interesting, is I don't know how long, you know, uh, did you read all of Alias Bendis' yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on. the thing is, is it was always established. And then that, Jessica Jones started talking yeah, about how they went right, to high right, school together. Right, well, that was established always, and she had this huge crush on him. You saw that in Alias, and he didn't know who the hell she was. And it was clear in the scenes of her having a crush on him that he was completely oblivious to her. Right. And you have the reaction of him actually acknowledging that, and Luke Cage's reaction, and her being crushed by it, which was also great because they never even did that before mm-hmm. in the Avengers books. You never actually saw that happen. So, I mean, I actually I thought it was great, and it was what I wanted to see for a long time. Um, and you know, and to segue on that, so we had that. Um, but that, but you know, from from my perspective, what reading a character who's been so careful in his own in his own book in his brand new day stuff. Being so he, careful with his identity. He, no, I just agree with you. He's I, not I being careful at all. I don't see why he would take his mask. No, no, but that's just it. You know, why would he take his mask? I, I, as so I stay uh, in Captain America's burned out house, and he's not even the real Captain America. He but, wants to live in the Bronx. No, I, I don't agree with you. I, I mean, I think, that, I think that's that's the problem with this brand new right. day thing and this new editorial. Not, it's he's not a, new it's anymore. In my head that he Actually, I have to say, I don't want to say new editorial decision 
anymore. This thing has been going for more than a year. Yeah. It's not even new anymore. It doesn't work. It, it's, you know, I've actually really liked the creative teams on Amazing Spider-Man. I think the stories have been really good. But the holdover brand new day is killing it. You know, it's like just, that's just one aspect of it that just doesn't work. I was excited when, you know, they brought Harry in and they said, yeah, well, everything happened. And now it seems like the only thing that they've come out, they say it in the letters Morally columns, the only nothing. thing that hasn't happened is, you know, Peter and MJ were together, they just weren't married for whatever reason. Oh, we don't want Spider-Man to be divorced and we want to have him single. I mean, it's kind of silly, but that's all that's left, really. Um, you know, the latest issue, which we both agreed sucked, you know, spot, whatever, it was a one-off. It's a filler, yeah. But the latest page said, oh, yes, when are we going to get all the answers? Oh, they're still coming. My you know, not, to get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to get them, but not quite yet. That's what they said a fucking year ago. Wow. I mean, you know, you get this book three times a month. And, uh, yeah, how many... T- Seriously. How long till we get the answers? So next week's storyline is going to be the FF and Spider-Man. And we're going to find out what they... Four and yeah, what right. they know and what they don't know. We just may be surprised by what they know. So finally, Surprise what? The, Reed yeah. Richards can't figure it out? I mean, Johnny Storm actually has known Peter Parker. Right. You know, I mean, there's a point where it's like, you know, I'm sorry, but, you know, what I actually really liked in recent years about people knowing who he was was it's realistic. It's a point where it's just stupid. Where, You know, it's one thing when he's just the random, I mean, that was actually the funny thing in New Avengers. Well, who is this guy? I actually kind of didn't like it partly because there are people that would actually know who he is. I mean, right. it was great that, you know, Jessica knew who he was, but, you know, I mean, he's, you know, wrote a book on, you know, well, actually, he didn't write it. It was really a book of his pictures on right. Spider-Man. You know, there's just been enough stuff in there. At least with the Fantastic Four, you know, Johnny Storm knows him. Right. You know, there's stuff like that. And there's history there. You know, I, I actually really liked it a number of years ago after they officially let the Fantastic Four know. They did a miniseries. Mm-hmm. And they actually had them interacting in each other's lives and, and knowing who they are. You know, so... It's tricky. I understand what you're saying. Oh, he's so careful in his book, but that's just it. Well, it's not that he's so careful. Day, I didn't see. I didn't see the yeah. Spider-Man that they have today, that Marvel has today, that they've established in the Amazing Spider-Man: Brand New Day. I don't see him in the same universe well, pulling his mask well, off. Well, from the well, Avengers. I see that your point. That. I was like, no, I see your point. But here's and the I problem. I see your point that it doesn't work. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, the problem is that by keeping him in the Avengers, the, the, the two versions of Spider-Man are kind of inconsistent. Right, exactly. But he works so well in the Avengers, and that, that's why I think Brand New Day, it, just, it, it, falls, it fails on the weight of itself. Right. Because he's in the Avengers, of course they have to know who he is, because it's ridiculous. They're underground. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, it was, would be one thing if he was just, you know, it was the old Avengers, and they are just, you know, showing up, you know, on the team, and it was a more innocent time, if you will. Yeah. You know? But these guys are I underground, remember, staying together. You know, I mean, they're all, you know, they're outlaws together. You know, I mean, how... I expect did, 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 Just an honesty, alien invasion. How could this not be an issue? In all honesty, before that page turn? Yeah. Because they set it up with... You, you thought he was going to leave. I thought he was going to leave. Yeah, and I was sitting there going like, well, either they're writing him out of the book right now, you know, or, I mean, what, I was sitting there going, I don't know what, he, what they were going to do. Yeah. Because I knew that they had decided that he, he is so popular, it made all the sense in the world to keep him in the book. They got Wolverine. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> But you know, kind of the same thing. And, you know, um, I love that they did that. Um, let's talk about that book a little bit more. What do you think of this whole Doctor Strange isn't the master of mystic arts anymore? Well, he's been punished for, for saving them. By using dark by magic. By using dark magic. But, so but, they're, they're taking away the master of the mystic but, uh, arts. But this is what I don't get. First of all, who's taking it away? And second right. of all, um, if it was so bad for him to use dark magic, <laughs> then how could Doctor Doom possibly be 
be one of the people that might be Master of Mystic Arts. Well, Doom knows all these really bad, evil, dark texts, so maybe the universe would be choosing him, and yet they took it away from me because I used dark magic. Well, that doesn't make any fucking sense. You know, or the hood has a shot, and Dormammu wants the yeah, hood to get it. How could, how could... Well, what's more dark magic than that? <laughs> the hood turns into a monster by the end of this episode. Yeah, like, I mean, like, what the fuck? Who do you think it's going to be? Uh, well, I honestly don't know because it, it, it's, it's not any of them. Um, Dr. Druid seems to be gone off Dr. the map. Dr. Druid, right. You know, um, I mean, of course it wasn't going to be Wiccan, mm -hmm. you know? It's too young. Um, yeah, um, and, and it seems like all, all the obvious candidates have been eliminated. Is, Do is Dr. Strange's assistant still around? No, Clea's not been around not lately. Around. I mean, it, it was, was, was supposed to be the disciple. The, the Asian right. dude. Wong. Wong, no, it wouldn't be Wong. Wong ain't got shit. Yeah, he can't even drive a car. Yeah, he doesn't. They can't. They can't buck you. No, Wong. Wong's badass, but that's fine, John. An Asian girl crashed into my parked car this oh, week. Oh, that's so right. That's fine. She didn't. She kind of barely clipped them, but the rest of the cars on that stretch were totaled. She totaled up. four cars. Gilmore, Gilmore woke up kid? to actually. Yeah. Gilmore yeah, woke up to screaming, and right outside the neighbor's cars had been totaled, and Gilmore's right at the end. <laughs> barely just got a little bit great I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this now anyways keep going so yeah anyway um, re-trigger the geek out yeah so um, yeah I, I, I mean I was thrilled with that I thought that was just a great moment um, what else is going Messiah on Messiah War X-Force Cable Did yes read I, I read the X-Force Cable Messiah War uh, I hope I gotta tell you I hope that they're consolidating books I don't think they are they're not but um, having Deadpool Cable X-Force and X-Factor is part of this because X-Factor and Deadpool are doing their thing aren't they? No, that's uh, Thunderbolts and Deadpool Thunderbolts and, That's right Thunderbolts and Deadpool yeah, and, and, and that's, um, that's irrelevant because this, this is the same Deadpool Yeah, I got to that point where I had to start picking up Deadpool again and I was like I don't know if I want to read that but I'm reading, that. I'm reading X-Force and, 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 uh, and that's badass X-Force has been great and Cable's, and Cable's been great, been great. And yeah. I think this, this Crossroads has been great and Strife is back Right, right. Which, you yeah. know it's kind of a big character the Cable clone, Son of Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a big character. Yeah. Um, we'll just see how it goes. I mean, what I like is that they, I'm excited for it. What, what I actually like the most about this issue, the writing. Well, was first fine. of all, wait a second. I mean, to go where it started from an X Force. I mean, because we didn't talk about that last week. Did you? You read that? Yeah. I mean, Scott. Scott. Scott pulls the decision to pull the X Force team out of a situation where the Leopard Queen has basically is about to kill Boom 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 and does. And, and pulls the X-Force team out Wolverine's to about to save her cable. Yeah And they all disappear And the Leopard Queen's left with Boom Boom Kills her Yeah, bull right in the head And then you lead into this Where they're right. going you know, It's in like, the holy shit Yeah, I can't believe Scott did that so There's going to be some huge repercussions Well, you knew The whole issue set up That he right. was going to do that you, The whole series course. The whole X-Force yeah. series This yeah. whole hard-edged Scott Summers yeah. thing I got to tell you I think that the X-Force book and the Cable book What's going on in those, those two books are, I mean, as much as I love the guys who are on Uncanny and, yeah. and and that stuff. This is the where the shit's going down. Yeah, seriously. You know, seriously. This is like the well, Green Lantern. Well, Ka to Kyle the rest and Yoss, of the DC you know, they did the Same thing in the new X Men. You know, what's great about these guys as creators is it's clear where where they come from, and they're very into like these X Men stuff from the eighties and, right. and early nineties, and they bring this stuff back in a really cool way. I, I, I it's, it's very in my mind akin to what Jeff Johns does in DC mm -hmm. you know he grew up a fan and he really knows that stuff really well and frankly I mean it's it's one of these books where the height of popularity is bringing back those concepts and those characters you know for you know because the reality is this look as we all know it's the comic books in this day and age it's not for kids anymore right. um, kids can't afford them you know and most adults can't so most of the people reading this stuff 
you know, people that are, you know, are older. How are we doing on time, Gil? You know? Great. Okay. What I was going to say, though, uh, is as much as I like the writing, um, the way that they're integrating the artwork that you've got set up in X-Force, mm -hmm. in Cable, two completely different art styles. And, and Cable's been doing this thing when every time they hop through time, there's a bit of a different artist. Mm -hmm. uh, this one shot, which is like the, the, the crossover, the beginning of the crossover, has a pretty good job of amalgamating both of the art forms so that it's something that, if you're an X-Force reader or a Cable reader, it's a pretty fluid like read stylistically. Yeah. It's still got the darkness of X-Force and it's got a little bit more of like the... Oliver Oliveri, is that how you pronounce the, the Italian artist from Oliveri, I think it is. Like the way that he's doing a little bit more of like a cartoon uh, like style. Yeah. That looks badass. Yeah, I've, I've always liked his stuff. He, I mean, when he, he did Space Ghost, with that, that, was, that was a great amazing. series. Yeah. Um, so guys, we can keep talking geek stuff, but real quick, just want to tell you video, uh, video game fans, uh, but I want him to go back to stuff. I want to I leave some some time for him, but GDC happened in San Diego this week, big video game design convention. Uh, I think the people who made the biggest uh, impact were the announcement of OnLive, which is a new system that you connect to your computer if you're a Mac or PC user. I think you even connected your TV, and it downloads games to the system rather than going out and buying it or having a console. You don't need a PS3, you don't need an Xbox, you don't need any of that. You have one box that you can play other people with their computers on and you can play games that are pretty like even if, if the, the stats on your computer won't allow you to play some of the bigger games this system will run their servers the games are running on their servers and it pumps images of the gameplay so back and forth so really you're just communicating the controls back and forth to their servers and it's giving you the images so you're really playing off their servers and you just got this box doing the communication so you know, it, it kind of equalizes everybody's computer. If I got this right, because again, like I told you at the beginning, I'm not a tech guy. Mumbo jumbo. Equalizes everything. So I could, in essence, be playing a Mac game against different PC users and not even having to go to the store and buy new shit. It's just downloadable, like an iTunes or that kind of thing. So all these games are licensing out their properties to this site? I guess. I mean, it hasn't gone live yet, but I put myself on a beta test to see if, you know, I could maybe get an insight on it. Maybe I'll put you on that beta test too, so you can get a review for it. Yeah, because that's interesting. Because that, that then uh, I feel like it would run into a lot of the same uh, licensing issues that uh, iTunes did. You know how right. NBC uh, Universal pulled all their stuff off of iTunes, and now mm -hmm. they came and then they put up Hulu, and right. now they're now they crawled back. Everything's back on iTunes. So well, uh, somebody like Ian, he's talking about video games. Like Ian doesn't have a console. Like you don't have a, a, a new gen console, right? I don't right now. But something like, but you have a computer. Yeah. So yeah. what you'd get is this box, and you could play with any of us, and, and you could play games that were, instead of investing this, the, in this new console, instead of investing the $60 for the game, and knowing that you're only going to play it for so long anyway, so you're how just, much you're is just the downloading it. I don't know yet, but, there, but there's also a subscription fee, and that, that may be the kicker, is having to subscribe to a service, and then do the additional game. If they can keep the games for under what you would buy them for a console, right. I think they have a chance of actually making a dent in like, a heavily consoled market, you know what I mean? Because when you think video games, some of you guys still play them on your computers, but when you think video games, I'm always thinking of playing them on a console. So mm -hmm. this is like, you know, a dent. And if they can, if they can do Wii controls, I can stand in front of my computer. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but the other big announcement, Nintendo had a big announcement about stuff like the, their DSi, which is a cool new DS. But for me, you know, guys know what the big important thing is. They announced mm -hmm. a new Zelda game for the DS. That looks like Phantom Hourglass, but you're riding around on trains. It's called Spirit Tracks. So, I'm excited. 
you, because I've been playing a lot of GTA Chinatown Wars, like you guys know from last week, I'm excited to keep my plan portable with this new Zelda game. So, those are the two big announcements for me. Wanted to get video games out of the way so we can go back to Ian talking about how excited he is about comics because I know we only covered Marvel. Yeah, yeah. DC, you know, we're finally getting away from the horribleness that was uh, Final Crisis, crisis yeah. supposedly Final Crisis. Uh, so excited for everything Jeff Johns is doing coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Battle for the Cow started. Um, I and mean, it didn't suck as bad as you thought it, it would. No, well, you know what? Is I kind of decided first, what's the point of this? You right. know, I mean, it has to be Dick Grayson, but. I think I, I like how it's organic that, you know, this man has been like his father. He just doesn't, he has to be convinced to step into the into mm-hmm. his boots, you know? So Battle um, for the Cowl is people fighting to be Batman? Essentially, but but it's not it's not like an outward, okay, we, everyone wants to do it's it. Not like it's not it's going to be when we get the, the yeah, best DC co-host together. It, it's basically, <laughs> you have Robin trying to convince Nightwing that he needs to do it, and Nightwing doesn't want anything to do with it, and saying no one should. And next thing you know, you got someone else in armor who's clearly Jason. Right, killing people and saying he's Batman. So I mean, Jason's a dick again. Well, Jason didn't stop being a dick. Right, but now he's killing people. He was killing say, people as really? a Red Hood. Wow. So now you know Batman's dead, and he is he's guns, and he's using batarangs, and he's seriously fucking people up. And you know, Dick's gonna have to stop do, him. Do you think because of the new movies and all that, to be Batman, you really just have to say I'm Batman like this? That was okay. Actually. Well, that was one funny thing in this last issue of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That was actually yeah. good. In this Spider-Man, that was kind of a throwaway issue where he fights the spot. Uh, one thing that this Spider-Man thing did do was it started tying around. It started tying up like it started tying in other little ancillary series yeah. like the Modoc series yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Well, I, I like. But, they, but they it did do a shout out to Spider-Man. Yeah, and to they had Batman edi- voice. they had editorial comments like they used to do. Right. That for me was always a big deal. You know, it used to be when a Marvel book, you know, would be referenced, and there would be an editor's note saying the exact issue this and happened. They missed in. a couple opportunities and of that in this X Force cable thing because well, well, it, it's all well, a reference. They, they but stopped doing also that years the new Avengers, ago. Yeah. They stopped doing it years ago, and then for a little while they would do it. They referenced just a trade paperback, which is fucking bullshit. I mean, it used to be, you know, growing up Loyal. for me, it was, you know, you would know issues that big things happening even if you didn't have them, like. Everyone knew that, you know, Amazing Spider-Man 121 was the death of Gwen Stacy, and everyone knew that 122 was the death of Green Goblin. Not because you slayed your price card, you knew because these would come up in the stores all the time, and they would be an editor's note saying, Amazing Spider-Man, I have I have 122 somewhere, yeah. Yeah, I have, but but I'm saying. But there was a time when I didn't have them, you know, and I just knew what they were. So when I did buy the same thing, you know, 129 was the first Punisher. You know, and also the first Jackal. These were they were big deals. Do you think this is more yeah. about the? I mean, that says more obviously about the trade paperback market and how it's becoming predominant. But they stopped doing it before right. it before that, and then for a little while they started. They actually tried to um, resurrect it in order to reference the trade paperbacks to tell you to buy them. But you know, I think I mean it's lazy editing, and why why not do it? I mean, it's great. It's that sense of continuity, and might get you, you to know, buy more books. Yeah, it, it creates interest. You know, it, it's nice to know when some, when you reference something that there's a place to go and look it up. Mm-hmm. You know, find it. You know, fine. You know, I think they should say the original issue, and they should probably note that it is reprinted, so you can go find it. You know, DC, Battle for the Cow. Battle for the Cow. Um, I'm interested. It has my attention, you know, based on the announcement of what, of what the new books are, you know, the new D, new Batman books. There's a lot of them. Um, apparently, Oracle the Cure. I mean, you know, I don't want to ruin it for everyone, anyone. It seems likely that they're going to cure her. She's going to be walking again. Wow. 
So, um, yeah, I, I think, well, I say I don't want to ruin for anyone. I think that's, li I think, you know. You I think, mean, come on. You think, yeah. Pretty, I mean, I think, I, I think that's the idea. What would happen to the character at that point? Well, there's going to be a book called Gotham City Sirens. Huh. And so I'm assuming that that'll have whatever identity she takes. Yeah, it's kind of like, like a, kind of like a bird of, again, you think it'll be like a bird of prey type thing again? Yeah, I think it'll be something like that, but it'll be her, and rumor has a Catwoman will be part of it, hmm. which would be really cool. Um, you're gonna have Batman. You have Batman and Robin, which is like, which will be the Grant Morrison Frank Wiley right. book. That that for, I'm yeah. I'm excited about that. Uh, I think that you're gonna have that. Red Robin. So what I think is that in continuity the, the yeah. quietly yeah the quietly yeah. Morrison book. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because here's what it's gonna be. What I think mm -hmm. you're gonna have um, Dick Grayson as Batman, Damien as Robin. Wow. And Red Robin will be Tim. Okay. Because Tim at the end yeah. of the Robin series put on the Red Robin outfit. And he's he's graduating. Be nice to see Morrison. Yeah. Make Honestly, sense of that. Well, 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 Tim is actually getting close to the age. I mean, I think he's probably what about sixteen or seventeen in mm -hmm. the book. Nightwing, you know, Robin probably became Nightwing. It's not really clear, but he was probably around nineteen or so, nineteen twenty. But, you know, I mean, that's that's fine. It's right that the young kid should be Robin. Right. You know? That's only naming. Yeah. Um, we got um, Black as Night though. That's what's really got my attention. But, and, and Flash Rebirth. And I mean, Flash Rebirth yeah. When's that coming out? April so We're just a couple weeks away from that You know what I wasn't but, well, convinced Totally in the Flash character Not being into it But you know what If they're do it, if they if they're able to Set it off And keep the consistency As good I as I think it's going to be great Green well, Lantern stuff has been it's Well incredible. the thing about Blackest Night Is we're seeing it develop and Even though it's not here yet But we're mm -hmm. seeing it You know In the other uh, Green Lantern books I mean For me Origin Like That's the movie right there Right you know the, the storyline they just finished up in Green Lantern. You know with you know Sinestro interacting with him, and they did five part origin book. I mean, because you have everything. I mean, you you set up Blackest Night in it, but you really have all these elements in it that you know really show you who his character is, who how Jordan is, and why he's great, and how cool Green Lantern you know is as a character. And I mean, you know, they should use all that for a movie. Right. And his yeah. stuff with, with Miss Ferris is amazing. That, yeah. that, that was my favorite stuff. And then getting shout-outs to seeing the like some of the other lanterns in there. Yeah. Even some of the terrestrial lanterns, like you saw um, in the bar fight. You see, uh, give me the name. Oh, what? In the bar fight, in the first issue of uh, Green Lantern Origins of that series. Yeah. You see, uh, his name just escaped. Oh, Guy Gardner was in it? Not Guy Gardner. His partner on Earth. In, John Stewart. Not John Stewart. Uh, Hal's partner on Earth. You got one more lantern. No, that John, uh, John, John Stewart. Stewart. John Stewart. Yeah, got it. You? you see him in the bar fight. Yeah. I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, that, yeah, I was that thinking moment the was great. Yeah. We, we talked last week about the casting and the Casey Affleck rumor, but who do you, who would you want to see as Green Lantern? It's tricky, you know. Christopher Pine. Well, well, you we, know, we, you know, we know, let, let, let me. I'll reference another. We got to get issue. Ian's opinion on this. Um, I know we covered it, but I got to get Ian's. Yeah, I mean, Chris Pine. You know, I'm excited for Star Trek. I really right. am. Are you yeah. reading? Are you reading the prequel comic? I'm not, but I'm excited for the movie. The prequel comic's really good. I was worried that it was going to have too much other Star Trek in it that I wasn't going to get. Well, it's it's a lot of next generation right. stuff. Right, and I'm not loaded up on it. it. That fucking comic redeemed the Nemesis movie. That was so I, I fucking did read bad. That. I did read that. It was awesome, dude. In the first issue, the first issue. Sorry, but I'm sure yeah. if, if you've seen Nemesis, I mean, you know, first of all. Everyone's seen the unification episodes of Next Generation right. with Spock. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and the idea there was, okay, Spock's trying to bring the Vulcans and Romulans together. For them to turn around and do a Next Generation movie and not even reference it in any way, shape, or form with Nemesis, that was one insult. And then to, you know, basically, <laughs> you know, kill Data and then basically say, oh, there's a hint of Data in before, so now Data's basically retarded, you know? <laughs> that was, it was horrible. 
And the first issue of this prequel, which is plotted by the people that wrote right. the movie, um, you have Spock. It's everything with, re with uh, you know, reunification. And um, it all comes around to the issue ending where they get saved. They have the Remans in it, so they're acknowledging the existence of the Nemesis movie. But they get saved. It's the USS Enterprise being piloted by Captain Data. Yeah, you know? I did see that. Yeah, and it's great. And it turns out that Picard is now the ambassador to Vulcan. You know, and then and the last issue, General Worf shows up from mm -hmm. Klingons. Okay, so I mean, it's just it's great, and all leading into you know. I like seeing Ian feel like I that sense of comfort of being among old friends again. Yeah, it was that nice he gets from the Star Trek. Well, movie. it's just because Nemesis was just. I mean, Nemesis was actually heartbreaking. <laughs> you know, it was because you know what? Before that, it was like it was the whole the even Star Trek movies. The even number Star Trek movies were good. Oh no, that ended. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. So, um, yeah, it redeemed Nemesis, um, or at least it explained away Nemesis. Right. You know? Um, so, great. You know? Um, so, I was excited for that. You'll need to know all this stuff for Wednesday, John. What? I'll need to what? You'll need to know so all anyway, this stuff for a, a, Wednesday. Anyway, right. I, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent. We're talking about casting. Um, Army Hammer showed up on Reaper this mm -hmm. week. Army Hammer was the guy that they had cast as uh, Superman in, okay. the, in the now aborted JLA Mortal. Uh -huh. uh, thank God it was aborted. Um yeah, he's fine. Reaper's an interesting little show. You know, talking about television, I actually want to give a little shout out. Uh, Joss Whedon did not lie. Last week, Dollhouse was fucking great, finally. And this week, still really great. Um, Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. I've mostly liked the show as a surprise. I don't think you've been watching it. I watched the first couple of issues and then fell off, yeah. For a couple of episodes. It, it got better and better. Mm -hmm. um, season two started good. And then when it came back from the little hiatus for its back nine... It was airing with Dollhouse. Like the first three, they sucked, but the last couple have been really great. With only a couple left, and I don't. They may be ending the show because the ratings suck. Right. But it's been really, really good. Um, Ian, I gotta uh, pause you there. We don't have much time left in the episode, but I got. I told my buddy Will Kissler, who's a listener, that we'll give him a shout out on the episode because he does a podcast that I'm a big fan of. Um, let me pull up his email here. Uh, he wrote, "Hey, dude." This is Will Kistler. Will K, you've seen him on an episode. He says, how's it going? I was just listening to your latest episode, and when you teased your story about a pants-soiling accident before a meeting, it made me think, I love stories about people shooting their pants. I recently recorded not one, but two stories of folks in similar circumstances for Secondhand Storytime. That's his podcast that you guys can find online. What's it called? Secondhand Storytime. Where it's can you find it? Secondhandstorytime.com, I'm guessing. I can look it up. Or you can look it up on iTunes? Yeah, you can definitely look it up on iTunes. Um, but he said... Uh, I would, you know, he just invited me to be on the show, but uh, last week I teased a crap pants story. You crapped your pants before in a big situation? You can tell us. Not it's since cold. I was a little kid. I got Oh, great, great new um, little uh, lexicon thing. Uh, if you're a 30 Rock fan, uh -huh. you know, lizzing, when you laugh and you whiz yourself, uh -huh. is lizzing. It's a lizzing. But that's a 30 Rock thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I, didn't, I don't think the story is much bigger yeah. than what I said last week. But I was in. I was ready to go into like an edit review, and yeah. I was sitting in my car, and I just eaten the bread, and I was feeling like feverishly sick, and was like, "I'll relieve some pressure." Don't do that, because I then had to go into the meeting. Relieve some pressure. And, and you and meant that, fart. I meant fart. Okay. And, and, and I oh, you yes, so saw that I fart when a little gets I out. I some wet. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like yeah. there. You've both been there. And I was like, "That's what I'm talking about." <laughs> Gil, but, 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 but Gilmore's been there a little wet, more than us. But that's what but. I'm talking about. But then when you go to the bathroom to check the damage, yeah. you see the wet. Oh yeah. You see, Laura right. just yelled, oh my God, for the arrow. You see the right. wet. Boxer's gone. Yeah. Luckily, Laura does my laundry. Ah! You, 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 Laura, you didn't notice? So Laura sees the stains? Sweetie. I don't look at your underwear. I just put it in the washing machine. 
She doesn't look at my underwear. She just puts it in the washing machine. So you so. washed your poop with all your others. She well, washed. No, you, 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 in all honesty, I washed you, the shit out of those you know boxers when it's in that bathroom. Is, I came out of the bathroom or things like that. I came out of the bathroom. I came out of the bathroom. You see now? Now you didn't see Laura's face just now. I just no, said yoga, and she went, "Oh yeah, no, of course." Ian, 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 Ian. I came out of the. It's dry unless listen, it's not. Listen, I washed. I washed the boxers as hard as I could. <laughs> I and, and and I and I couldn't throw it away because it was an open. It was an open. Thing, right. Trash right. Bin. So, so laundry's done. Laundry's done. Uh, I don't do, remember. Do you completely oh, crap yourself? So, so no, no, I didn't completely crap myself. It was a little squiggle. It was like having a slug in my pants. So, oh, so, nice. so I washed it out, and it was all wet. I couldn't throw it away. So I literally shoved the wet, clean, hopefully a little bit cleaner, uh, boxers in my pant pocket, and I walked out of the bathroom. Two executives were like, hey, "Let's do this," and I go. I forgot something in my car, let me get it. Great I move. go out into the street looking for a, like a trash can, nothing. So I just walked to my car, which I had to pantomime in case anybody was looking anyway, open the car door, throw them in there, forget about them, go back in. And I just was in this interview being like, I really hope everything was taken care of. And it was because I used the bathroom then and didn't overhear anybody saying, hey, does Jonathan smell like shit to you? Does Jonathan smell like shit to you? We are almost done. You can use the blood dryer soon, sweetie. That's how it works here at the Geekscape Studios. Um, secondhand story time. That's Will K's podcast. And it's about you. Didn't, you didn't it's tell it, us what it, it was it's about. Peop, it's people telling different telling secondhand stories. So like about I can't, themselves. I, no, it, well that's one. Uh, but they can't tell it about themselves. They I have can't to be a biographical non autobiography. Right. I can't go on and tell a story about myself. I have to tell a story like something that happened to a friend of mine. The problem is I put all those in scripts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I have some, a cool story that I hear happen to someone. I rip it off and put it in a script, but uh, that's Geekscape.net. That's that, that's Geekscape. Geekscape.net is our website where we hang out. We got a new one coming in a few months. I want to do it right, not do it quick this time. Um, so Geekscape. That's what she said. Yeah. Well, <laughs> do it quick may be our only option sometimes. Uh, so Geekscape. Ian Kerner. Geekscape.net is where we hang out. Brian Gilmore. Planet of the Gilmores. Island of the Gilmores. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, don't want to go to there. Yeah, I, I will never travel to Island of the Gilmores, but it has been a pleasure having Ian here on the um, episode. Hopefully, we don't have that big of a lull in having you back. We got we, we got some time. serious movies coming up. We do. We got to have you back for some summer spectacular. I mean, we got Wolverine. Mm -hmm. We got Star Trek. We got all those. So, guys, watch next week, and we'll have Ian back very soon. Thank you for watching this week. Wave Gilmore. Say your greeting thing. Global Gobble!